0: Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Possum University Podcast. If it's your first time listening, I'm John, a former animal cruelty officer and a former animal shelter supervisor.
1: And I'm Jamie, I'm a certified dog trainer and a canine behavioral consultant.
0: On this episode, a new way to reduce shelter length of stay, a Foster's Future update, and all your puppy questions answered. All that and more coming up next. So you're driving around in style now, aren't you?
1: I'm so excited.
0: Your uh, your pickup truck, your F150. We've been talking about this for a while, and I've been apprehensive because
1: don't even say it.
0: Because though she be little, <laughs> she is mighty, and she will cut you off on the highway. So uh, I
1: don't cut off on highways. It's it's more so back roads and stuff.
0: And that's that's a. Uh, a really easy way to get a one-star review
1: here's the thing i think i've significantly become a better driver since the baby has arrived but not even that i think i'm just growing up and i am scheduling myself better in terms of um in between clients i'm not saying oh i'll get there in 15 minutes when really it's 20 minutes away yeah i'm not in a rush when i'm in a rush i i can be a little ridiculous but now that i'm just being more responsible and that I'm scheduling myself better. I have extra time, so I'm not in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like when you're saying it, it's not even on my radar. Now, don't let John fool you guys. Like I am not like one of those aggressive drivers where like I'm giving the finger and stuff like that. No, it's not even in my nature. I don't um, even like the motion to do that is just weird for my body. Not to mention, I have extremely small hands, so my f- middle finger would be extremely not aggressive to most people. So, no,
0: no not like, at all.
1: like my friend kirsten said the other day because we were talking about it she said oh what was that girl back there she waving at me
0: (laughs) (laughs) so i don't even think we said it yet we got the f-150 wrapped in all Boston university attire
1: like a car wrap but we didn't change the color of my truck so my truck is what is it electric blue
0: i think that's what they call it yeah that that lightning lightning blue something like that lightning blue Yeah, yeah lightning
1: blue um so it's that very bright um Fun blue. I didn't want anything else. They were trying to talk me into the blue jeans, which is like a dark blue. The the dealership was. And I was like, "Mm, no, can't do it. Sorry. I need the car to match the hair. So got the truck and uh, we, I've been wanting to do this forever. And John was very, very hesitant. So basically we're going to, we posted the picture on Possum University Instagram. Take a look. I think it looks amazing. At first I was a little nervous about mixing all of the blues that we have with the car color blue, but it actually worked works great even the guy that did it was like this this really works um so both sides of the truck are done and then the back of the bed is also wrapped so it looks great and i'm super excited i actually forgot i keep forgetting when i'm in the truck that it's done so well, last that's night the problem well but well, the that's thing why is, it could be
0: a problem potentially
1: yes that, but i'm not like that anymore so it's not a big deal but the, from my position um last night i was coming home from work and it was it was late it was dark and someone was honking at me and then i realized it was our friends who also have a pickup truck and i was on the phone with john and i was like oh i think frank and carla just uh just honked at me and in my head i was like how did they know it was me like there's a bunch of people who have the same truck and then i was like oh yeah we wrapped it (laughs) and it was like so weird for me i was like oh my god now everybody knows it's me i can't hide from anybody
0: no (laughs) good thing your windows are tinted you get a little bit of privacy yes
1: thank god that that was definitely necessary
0: so if you want to check it out at possum university on instagram and you can see we posted that two days ago now with
1: oakley in the window
0: yeah, Oakley. And it. Well, the problem is, if you zoom in, it's a. I don't know why it's so low resolution, but you could zoom in, you could see Oakley's little chin on the windowsill <laughs> and his little caution working dog Yes, sign. that's my
1: favorite part. He's so,
0: he's so proud about it.
1: He is. Um, but yeah, check it dog. out.
0: Let us know what you think. And uh, if you're in the New Jersey area, keep your eyes peeled and say hi if you see us. Give us a honk. Yeah. So, Crystal, Foster's future.
1: Yes, I'm very excited about this. And I'm also like... From a friend's standpoint, I'm so proud of her. Mm-hmm. Like, so, so proud. This is all... And I've been wanting to do this since... God, we were working at the shelter. My dream was to, to do what she's doing. Um, so, Crystal, uh, unfortunately, her house was a victim to Sandy? Sandy, right? Not Irene. Yes,
0: Sandy. Um,
1: and basically, the first floor was flooded and destroyed, so they... Was her house lifted already or did they lift that afterwards? No, that's
0: all. I think everything over there is lifted after the fact. For anybody that's because we have obviously listeners all over. mm -hmm. um, We're talking about Superstorm Sandy. Superstorm. Wow.
1: Superstorm Sandy. Thank you. You're welcome.
0: Superstorm Sandy from 2012. Where we are, we're right by the water. We're right by New York City. Like she's a
1: block from the water.
0: Yes. So decimated like this whole area was hit really hard with the storm surge. So everything was just decimated they're just waiting for FEMA and they're waiting for the money and they're waiting for it's been years. It's been
1: eight years, eight years. It's crazy. So she is still waiting for some money, I think, but she got tired of waiting. So she, um, the house is lifted. So underneath was kind of like a garage type thing, but she, it's just her. So she doesn't really need it. So she converted it to, she, she's in the process of converting it into a kennel, um, which is going to be so valuable God forbid someone needs to give up a dog and we're we're kinda like the liaison. Um where, you know, we, we did an interview with Crystal a while back. So if you look into season one you can find that. But just as a brief overview, we're kind of like the liaison in between um dogs getting surrendered to a physical shelter um we want to keep the dogs out of the shelter if we can if there's a dog that needs to go immediately maybe somebody passed away or they're moving and and or you know something happens maybe there's a stray dog and instead of bringing them to the shelter trying to find a home for them before that comes into fruition so we've been wanting to do that for a while so if, if crystal can take a dog or two into her home during that time so we can find the proper home so we don't get them into the shelter and then we have this issue of them not getting adopted and then breaking down that is the goal so uh we're so proud of her like she's painting putting in the heating and the the ac and and the the fencing she's just amazing i just she is a superhero in my eyes
0: i know it's been a dream of hers for a long time so finally taking that step from moving from like foster based to actually being able to take on animals ourselves yes which is you know that's huge
1: and i think she already has it set up for she's also she's actually congratulations to crystal because she is now the um president of the board of volox which is volunteer auxiliary here in new jersey in jackson and uh they asked her to take it over uh the previous president was ready to step down and crystal got the job and I just I'm I'm just so proud of her and um, I know that she will be taking in a dog that's a part of a law enforcement case um, in November so we're just so proud of her I mean just to be able to do that for the dog and make it so easy for them like it, the dog's not and obviously coming from a horrible situation being a part of um, an issue like that so going into her home and relaxing and not having the stress of a shelter I mean What can a dog in that situation ask for more?
0: Right. That's the biggest thing, the stress of the shelter. You know, that's an easy way to break down, especially these law enforcement cases. You know, we've been, we sat on dogs for two and a half years. Mm -hmm. We'd sit on them for two and a half years. And by the time a judge would say, all right, the shelter has custody of the animal now, and you can go ahead and adopt it out. Mm -hmm. The dog isn't adoptable anymore because they've just broken down. Yeah. It's just sad. We saw it happen to Fred. Fred.
1: Poor Fred. R I P yeah. buddy. We love but you. The,
0: the rest of them made it out, right? Yes. Ginger, Ginger Stella. Stella they I all think made it out. I don't
1: think Stella's doing well medically. Um, but then there's also Jingles, who not so much he was a part of a dog fighting case. Um Jingles is now he is Sir Flexington on Instagram. Uh he's amazing. And his dad was like a, a drug lord or something like that, so he was kind of used uh, as protection. I would
0: say drug lord, but he deal drugs.
1: Yeah, well, whatever. I don't listen. I don't know the terminology, but he definitely was doing something shady. And uh, during the raid or whatever happened at his house, getting arrested, there was poor little Jingles not knowing what to do. So he was, you know, like we said, they'll they'll sit on these dogs for a while because they're part of a they're part of a case. So um, he was with us for what over a year. -hmm. And he was really breaking down. Like it was to the point where, as um, a shelter staff member, that if you wanted to socialize Jingles and you wanted to bring him into the park, which is like a fenced-in area where you can like let the dogs loose and play with them and stuff, if you wanted to bring him in there, it was at your own risk. And you were you were it was suggested for you to bring somebody with you because he was just he was like parkouring off of people, getting super mouthy. Crazy boy, he was nuts. He was losing it and he would like not sometimes guard the tennis balls, but it was so much like you needed multiple tennis balls to play with him. So, uh once that case was done, he got put on the floor first day and was adopted by our friend Ashley and he is living the life now.
0: I don't think he has an Instagram.
1: No, it's just hers.
0: Yeah, it's just hers. So hers oh. is it's Flex's mom, but Flex's and then like that underscore. Uh-huh. Mom. Flex's mom. And when you go to her profile, it says, has got it going on.
1: (laughs) She loves him so much.
0: But she's got 4,100 followers. So I assume if you want to follow Flexington's life, Sir Flexington, you can go ahead and follow her and she'll accept you. And
1: he's so handsome. He's the pity version of Oakley. That's what I always say.
0: Yeah. And I just want to quickly touch on this. We don't have a lot of information, but if you also listen to Elvis Duran in the Morning Show, if you came to us from Elvis Duran in the Morning Show, you probably know what's going on with Uncle Johnny. We just wanted to just touch on it say mm-hmm. just keep praying for him we don't know what's exactly what's going on and we just know that he needs your prayers right now so if you uh know who uncle johnny is and if you don't he's still your uncle johnny so you better find out uh, his uncle at my uncle johnny on instagram mm-hmm. yeah he's he's going through some medical issues right now so just send all your love and prayers to them
1: he needs it we love you uncle johnny
0: So let's get right into today's topic. We have a ton of puppy questions. Yes, we do. So our friend Kimberly on Instagram has provided us with a lot. So many that Instagram made her split it into three messages. (laughs) Um, I
1: told her to give me everything. We were discussing it. And she was like, you know, I have a lot of puppy questions and I think a lot of them are crazy. And I'm like, they're probably not. They're
0: not crazy. So
1: I said, can you just write them all down? And I'm actually going to read them like we're going to read them aloud on the podcast because I'm sure whatever you're thinking is crazy. Probably other people are thinking are crazy and they're not voicing what they need. Right. So here we go.
0: So there's a bunch here. If you already have a dog, try and look at these questions through the lens of someone who's never had a dog, has only raised kids. Yes. So these are. Genuine questions. But Not a single one on here. Stupid.
1: That's what is happening right now, though. A lot of people that have never owned a dog now have a dog because of quarantine. Yes. So these, this is like the tar- target market right now. This is the people that need our help the most because they have literally no idea what they're doing. And that's okay.
0: And my favorite part about this is they haven't even gotten the dog yet. No. They're still waiting to get the dog. Yeah. So she's doing all of her research. And that's like that's what you need to do. That's responsible dog ownership. Absolutely. Is, Being a responsible dog owner happens long before you actually even get your dog. All right, so let's get into Kimberly's questions. Her first question is, how do I really know what size crate to buy?
1: I'll let you answer this one. You're better at this than me.
0: You're getting a specific breed, and it's a puppy. So you want to know roughly how big does that breed get? Do you know what breed it is?
1: I don't think she said. I don't think she was specific on what they were getting. I don't know if they're adopting.
0: So you want to find out roughly how big the dog is going to get if you're getting a purebred based on their breed, how big they're going to get. Make sure you know if it's a male or female because they can have pretty large differences in sizes. So you want to buy for what they're going to be full grown. And then they're going to have a divider so you can make the crate smaller so that you can train them. And when they're a puppy, if they have too much space, they will go in the crate. Mm-hmm. So you want to reduce their space as much as you can to make it less desirable for them to go potty in the crate. It helps you with crate training, helps you with potty training. When buying treats, are there any that I should stay away from?
1: I don't love chicken for dogs. That's just my personal preference. So I stay away from anything chicken related to avoid allergies just because that's what I see in terms of my clients. I see chicken allergies to be the biggest. Um, I would stay away from anything that has a lot of fillers. Go for something a little bit more on the healthier side. We use the, the Stewart's liver treats. I love them because they're literally just freeze-dried liver. I know there's nothing added in them. Um, and I'm not a huge crunchy treat fan. I don't find them to be necessary. And well, they're, they're
0: not good for training.
1: Yeah, they're not good for training, which is obviously what we do most of the time. Um, but I like the softer baked treats and the the liver treats. So those are my suggestions. I mean, in terms of staying away from anything specific. John, do you have anything to add?
0: Stay away from made-in-China stuff. Oh, yes. And yes, stay absolutely. away from things like raw hides.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: because those can become a, a serious choking issue where they'll swallow them whole and they'll just rot away in their stomach and release a terrible smell from their breath. So Absolutely. they're just not... Rawhides are no good. I but don't know also, why they're still being sold.
1: They're bleached. Like if you look them up, like the whole process of a rawhide, they literally take... It's like the skin of the animal and they bleach it. It's not, it's not meant to be that color.
0: No. How long per day should I work on training my puppy for maximum effectiveness?
1: So with any client, really, I say at least two times a day for five, 10 minutes tops. But you can add more times in there. I usually say give at least a half an hour in between each session.
0: Yeah, that's a good starting place. Mm-hmm. Puppies have a very short attention span and they reach their training threshold really quickly. So you don't want to exceed that training threshold. Once they start the show disinterest, I would cut the training session.
1: Oh, absolutely. I think if they're getting to the point where they won't do... Something that they know how to do, like sit. A lot of dogs will just, they'll just stop. They're like, no, I don't feel like doing this anymore. Just give me the food. That's when you know you've gone too far.
0: Is a puppy car seat necessary? Can my puppy travel in his crate or puppy travel bag? I've never used a puppy car seat.
1: No, we've really only used seat belts. I'm not a fan of dogs being in crates in the car. Just them being free in there. It makes me feel weird i got, i picture myself in there when i'm in a car and i'd be like freaking out um but you can i mean there's there's n- nothing against that but i do feel like they should have some sort of seatbelt. if god forbid there's a car accident that there's a, a stop to them something's going to hold them back yeah. from getting hurt
0: what we do is we have the harness never around the neck mm-hmm. and we have a, these seat belts made by brute forced dog on instagram yes they're amazing you can pick custom colors and then they basically click into the actual seatbelt of the car Mm -hmm. and then it's just like a a leash clip or no it's a carabiner Yeah, it's carabiner and you just clip that right onto the harness and it's nice and short and so it keeps them in the seat and you can even put their bed in there so they're on top of their bed
1: what i like about his is that it is a carabiner which um if you know anything about carabiners that's what people use to like hike and climb and stuff like that it can hold a certain amount of weight So the other clips that are on like leashes and stuff like that, that might be on like an Amazon um, seatbelt that could break if you get into a car accident and your dog is a bigger dog with the the weight of the dog. The clip may not be able to handle that dog, which then
0: I've said it before in the podcast. We've seen regular leashes like store bought leashes snap at the clip clean on a large dog that pulls just on walking. Yeah. So a leash and a a seatbelt are only as strong as their weakest point. So we, we definitely use those because the carabiners are like rated to several hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. He uses, what's that? Is it, um, it's like the material power cord. Yeah. It's power cord. Yeah. So it's, that's super strong as well. it's weaved multiple times.
1: It's, it's beautiful. He it does a great job.
0: Yeah. They're, they're good looking. We recommend that. And that's at brute dog on Instagram. And if Kimberly, if you want to reach out to us about that, we can send you the link to his profile. Is it possible to bathe your puppy too often?
1: Yes, it is. I always tell people you can do it once every 2 weeks. Puppies have very necessary oils on their skin in the beginning that if they if they are dry like if they get washed too often, their skin's going to get super super dry. So try to avoid this and I know, you know, if you've never had a dog before, bringing a animal into your home is very nerve-wracking especially if you're a, a, a germ freak like that. Um there are tons of people that are like that with, you know, drool and you're you're bringing yourself into an, a new realm of a animal so
0: your standards are about to drop although she has kids yeah so kids could be messy but for other people who are just getting a puppy it's their first time having a dog expect to drop your standards of what you consider <laughs> clean because it's never going to be the same it's clean.
1: not going to be what you want it to be so yes you can bathe them too much but try not to if you're worried about them being dirty and bringing dirt into your home you can get puppy um, baby wipes that we have used Numerous times by the back door, wiping the paws. Yeah, they're just grooming wipes, so it's nothing serious. That's gonna like um, irritate their skin or anything like that. But just like nicely wiping the fur, if that if that bothers you, or just getting in between the toes, making sure that you're keeping the toes dry afterwards. Though,
0: do puppies really need to eat three times a day? Yeah, I think so.
1: I think so. Uh, This is this is more so a question for your vet. I am pro them eating three times a day because they are hungry. They're growing. We've done this for a very long time and there's a reason why because we, so like if there's a dog that I'm training and more recently I found that like one or two vets in our area are suggesting that puppies at a young age, like four months old should only be eating twice a day, which I thought was super, super weird. So when I was talking to them, I'm asking how the puppy's behavior is at home. These dogs are going nuts during the day because they're starving and it's actually affecting their behavior. So once we switch them back to, to three times a day, they go back to normal. So that's just my preference in terms of behavior. We don't want them to get to a point where they're just they're biting you and they're just not knowing what to do with themselves because they're so hungry.
0: Yeah. The Puppies digest a lot faster. They have more intense needs for nutrients because they're growing so rapidly. So we always do lunch until six months. At least. How often do I need to take my puppy to the vet for checkups? That's something that at your first visit with your vet, you can just ask what they recommend. A lot of them recommend different things, sometimes twice a year. So just see what your vet recommends. Um, I think we do twice a year. Yeah, we unless do. Unless something pops up. Yeah. How early is too early to have my puppy neutered?
1: <laughs> um, this is a good one. I know a lot of vets will disagree with me. Um, at the shelter, we did four pounds or four months. The criteria to be neutered or spayed is four pounds of weight or you are four months old
0: right we don't really have an opinion on this because we're not vets but we just follow what other vets have put in place that we've had experience with we haven't seen an issue with that there's some vets that think that they need to go like if it's a female through their first heat but there's no real it's ridiculous there's there's no actual studies to put them through that, that, I
1: think is just is just nutty. If Unless there was like a really great article or study that comes out that's like this is imperative that it happens. I mean, obviously, it's not since, you know, it's not like these females are dry, dropping like flies or anything like that. You know, they're having good long lives and nothing's coming of it. So I think we're doing OK. I think if you wait too long, you could get into behavioral issues. So I have a shih tzu that I'm training right now. And um, the vet told him to wait till a year and he's starting to lift his leg and he's marking all over the place, even marking in the house. So these are things that he wasn't doing prior. So these are things you have to take into account.
0: There's studies, like concrete studies that show that life expectancy is a good deal longer in dogs that have been spayed or neutered. So definitely the earlier the better. And I've only seen one study. The sample size is very small, but it just said that giant breeds like uh, Great Danes. Yeah, Great Danes, Irish Wolfhounds, like the real, real giant ones. They're the only ones that are having issues with being neutered too soon, growth plate issues. You know, they have all that weight that they have to put Mm -hmm. down on. Um, As they get older, they run into issues. So that's the only study that has really any kind of Mm -hmm. traction. And like I said, it's a small sample size. So yeah, if you, I think you're dealing with a small and medium-sized breed dog. As soon as your vet gives you the okay, or four pounds, four months, whichever comes first, And you're good to go. Are flea prevention collars necessary? How else can I protect my puppy from ticks and fleas? I don't like them because I just feel like it's getting all over the place. And it's getting on my skin and everything. It's on
1: your skin. It's on the couch. It's on the floor. It's, you know, those are chemicals.
0: And then it's another thing to have around their neck.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: We like to use Brevecto, which you're not going to be able to use until the dog's older because of how quickly they will outgrow the weight range of the medication. So Mm -hmm. you'll need to do Siresto. No, Cradelio, no. Ceresto. I think is a. Is the collar. Is the collar.
1: Cradelio. All their names are the same.
0: Is another. So Brevecto and Credelio are medications that your vet can give you. They're chewables, mm-hmm. and they last. I know Brevecto lasts three months. I think Cradelio is one only month. Only a month, yeah. So that. But it's they, easier to give. Yes, they eat it. It just comes out into their coat.
1: Same thing with the the topical ones that we don't love because again they're on the fur for like three days. And they're all greasy and they're getting all over the place. You can't pet them Yeah. because then it's on your if hands. If you have cats
0: in the house, then you run into an issue with cross-contamination from mm-hmm. the dog to the cat. And cats have had medical issues after being cross-contaminated with the one that goes right on the back. Yes. So, yeah, we recommend the ones that are in the pill form. Once you can get on Brevecto, once your dog's old enough, I would get off Cordelio, get on Brevecto because it's good for three months.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How do I know if my puppy has allergies?
1: So this is a... This is, uh... <sighs> Unfortunately, every vet is different with how they t- they treat allergies. Um, again, obviously allergies are more of a vet's lane, um, but we do a lot of research on this t- type of stuff. We're, we're trying to stay with the times and keep updated on what's changing and, and how we can better help our pets without pumping them with medication to tell if your dog has allergies. Um, with, so there's I'll give you a couple of, of examples. So like Pudge. Pudge can have... Dog food, kibble, that has chicken in it. No problem. No issue. When she eats chicken that is like in a nugget form or, you know, like a piece of chicken that I'm shredded shredded chicken, chicken,
0: just pure chicken, her
1: body cannot digest it. So she will puke it up.
0: Like a day later.
1: Yes. Like her body just, it cannot digest it at all and it comes up just like it went down. So for some reason, that's an issue for her. So, and there's no other food that's like that other than sweet potatoes but I think she's got some acid reflux going on so she's she's a different type of case but she doesn't get any like skin allergies like there aren't any breakouts or anything like that like she doesn't get puffy or you know it's just she throws it up um and you know she again like the heartburn she throws throws up in her mouth it's just gross so we're trying to figure that out and make sure that we're keeping her away from anything that irritates her back in the day when I was 16 I got a pit for my birthday and when I was 22 Um, she wound up getting diagnosed with cancer in her face and it was most likely from a drug that we were giving her at the time. She had horrible allergies. Um, I think it was probably food related and it was most likely environmental as well. Her Feet, we get super red. Um, she was white. I do find a lot of more white-haired dogs get more allergies than not. Um, that's just a, um, an observation I have from seeing dogs so often and learning from my clients what's going on with their dogs. So look for the red paws. Um, if they're getting red in the face after eating something specific, these are things to look at. Um, if they're itching constantly, um, my pit used to get little pimples on her skin all over her back. And they would get scabby. So those were really itchy to her. So it really depends on the dog. Um, I know Bruce, Kelsey's dog, that we also train, um, he is allergic to a lot of things. She did a, an allergy panel on him. And just trying to keep him and his allergies under wraps is... So difficult for her, but she works so hard at trying to eliminate anything in his diet treat-wise that is on that panel. He gets breakouts, same places on his belly, on his feet, on his back and stuff, but then his chin gets really bad. He'll get like bloody pimples and he scratches like on the couch and stuff. There's blood everywhere. So these are things to look at. Um, Usually, I, I mean, I don't know what John's take on this. I don't find puppies are super allergic in the beginning. Like it takes a while for the allergens to kind of pop up.
0: That's the nature of allergies is really you need at least one prior exposure. You need multiple exposures to really start creating that kind of response. I haven't seen puppies it's not with seasonal allergies. most or, of the time. Yeah. Yeah, I would just look for things that are different. Changes on their skin, definitely redness between the paws. You'll see them very uncomfortable, licking, itching. Um, you might see discharge from the, the eyes or nose, yes, depending a- on if it's an upper respiratory reaction. So just keep an eye out. If something seems different, and off then you can definitely go to the vet and have maybe an allergy test ran to see what's going on yeah do i need to clip my puppy's nails or is getting them done at the groomer visit enough i would say that's enough especially if your dog is very active there's some dogs that never need their nails Mm -hmm. cut if they spend a lot of time walking on the sidewalk or in concrete asphalt they grind their nails down naturally so they don't really need to have their nails cut
1: it's a blessing some dogs don't. They're, they're just the way their paws hit the ground. It doesn't hit.
0: Gatsby doesn't need his nails cut, right?
1: No, no, his are fine. I think. Yeah, there's a like obviously he needs his dew claws and stuff. Anything that doesn't hit the ground. But for most dogs, the way that their paws will hit the concrete, it, it erodes them every single time they take a step. Unfortunately, Oakley is not one of those dogs.
0: Yeah. <laughs> But just observe them. Get them cut the first time because puppy nails are so sharp, so sharp. And then they're oh. gonna be they're gonna be really sharp, like afterwards too, right? Yeah. Until it gets worn down again. But just observe them. If they start to get long, you want to stay ahead of it because you can have some serious issues if you allow them to grow out. The na- the knuckles and the I want to call them fingers, yeah. But the knuckles on the digits will go sideways, which is very painful for them if their nails are too long. Mm-hmm. I've seen it through animal cruelty cases. Where the nails are so long, they curl like like curly fries mm-hmm. and actually cut through the pad and then back out the pad. Ugh. Yeah. I remember. Were you talking about that pug? The puggle. Oh, my God. The that puggle. was
1: awful. Yeah. This poor thing was trying to walk on her paws and she couldn't. It was so bad.
0: Yeah. So Ugh. stay ahead of it. And then also, if you just allow them to grow long, sometimes the quick, which is the, 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 the blood part. supply, the pink part inside the nail will continue to grow out as well. and We don't then want that. And then you're going to have a high likelihood of cutting the quick when you cut the nails back, which makes bleeding and pain. And then they have a terrible association with getting their nails cut.
1: You want to keep the quick short as possible because then that allows you to cut the nail as short as possible. Um, if you let it grow, you can only cut up to the quick. Yeah. and but then you'll
0: know what overgrown nails look like.
1: Yes, absolutely. When you start to hear them on the floor, they're, they're tap dancing, hmm. then you know. Um, but... I think if you have a grooming dog and you're going to take the dog to the groomer every once, you know, every one or two months, you're probably good. But if you are not, you don't have a grooming dog and you're going to bathe at home for anybody else at home, this is something that you will have to do or hire somebody to do. But you want this to be a fear-free type of situation. You need to keep touching their paws when they're a puppy, get them used to it. A lot of do- it's not painful. A lot of dogs will be very dramatic but it's, it's really more so the noise and the feeling that upsets them. Um, but the more you do it and you make it super fun for them, peanut butter, anything like that, you know, you're not holding them down, making them upset. Um, you're going to be in the clear.
0: Is training your puppy to sleep in the crate bad for them? No, no. I would actually encourage it for the first few months. Yes.
1: It, it also depends on the dog. Like I'm not going to lie. When we got my pit, when I was younger. She, we put her in the crate the first night. She cried. Obviously, I was 16 years old. I put her in my bed. She never went back in the crate. She didn't need it.
0: Well, there's Opal too.
1: And there's Opal. Yeah, she did better. She hated the crate. Oh my God, she'd poop. She'd pee. It was it was very stressful was blind, for her. So yeah, she was blind. A little different. We literally took her out of the crate, put her in bed with Oakley. Perfect angel. So we're not saying that it's absolutely imperative for you to put your dog in the crate at night. It depends on their personality. And if they're okay with it, then go with it.
0: But you are going to have to be tough yes. for the short while because obviously they'd much rather be with you and they're going to let you know that. Yes,
1: so but, be tough in the beginning. Like John said, um, give it some time.
0: Realistically, how often should I be walking my new puppy? Is it better to let him out into our fenced-in backyard or take him out on a leash when he's so young, which would be 10-ish weeks? So if you're going to go out on a leash out of the, off your property, you want to wait until he's four to five months they have to have all their vaccines, so they have to have their rabies, and they have to have their distemper. And distemper is just as deadly. Once once symptoms start to show, I mean, rabies. Once you get symptoms of rabies, there's no coming back from it. Yeah. But distemper is very bad as well, and it's it's not impossible to catch, especially if you have a lot of raccoons in the area or other vector species. So wait until he has all of his vaccines. For now, just let him out in the backyard. As he gets older, once he gets all his vaccines, gauge his. His exercise level, his activity level, and what he needs. I would try and get him out at least once a day. Mm -hmm. But there's plenty of dogs that never get walked and just have backyard time.
1: Absolutely. But we do suggest, even like in the beginning, like John was saying, if you're not going to physically take them for a walk but you want to in the future, that's something that you would like to do. I suggest getting them on a harness and a leash early on and maybe take them in the front yard or maybe even walk them in the backyard on the leash so they get used to it. In the beginning, they're like little drunk aliens and they have no idea why they're attached to you. Um, But the more you do it, the better they're going to get early on. So it's not an issue. Because if you go four months without them on a leash at all, and then all of a sudden you put them on one, they may freak out. Right.
0: Can I only use wipes on my puppy specific to dogs? Or will a naturally hyperallergenic baby wipe do? Uh, That would do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Unless you
1: see a reaction, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Chances are if a baby isn't reacting to it, a dog's not going to (laughs) react to it. I think that the dogs are maybe a little bit more...
1: Resilient, okay. isn't there one
0: right in there? Can we read the package?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. So I got these for Opal because she went through a period of time where she um just heavy, wanted to heavy. poop and be so these disgusting. Earth
0: friendly, hypoallergenic, bamboo based. They're Pogies Pet Supply grooming wipes.
1: Big, Fragrance, it's a it's fragrant. a big bag.
0: It's very heavy. How
1: much are in? How many in there? Hundred. Hundred. It's and they're big. They're not like the tiny baby wipes. They're like probably double the size.
0: Aloe vera, vitamin E, Hawaiian awapa. fancy that gives them like a nice shine to their coat cleans up the coat keeps the coat healthy so that's a little different than a baby wipe but there's no reason not to use a baby wipe you're just not going to get those added benefits of moisturizing the coat Mm -hmm. besides peanut butter because my kids and i are allergic even to the smell what are really good human treats my puppy will likely love bananas
1: oh yes oakley loves bananas and girl i'm with you with the peanut butter i'm not a fan
0: well She doesn't have a choice. No, I know, but But she said even the smell. It it, it might kill her. (laughs) (laughs) You're not with her. Says the girl who steals my Reese's any chance she gets. All right, the
1: Reese's peanut butter is so different than actual peanut butter, so stop it.
0: All right. If we're talking about treats to stuff marrow bones with Mm or do like a mental stimulation with, I would mash up uh, bananas Mm -hmm. and you can put them in the bone and then freeze them. You do some crazy thing with canned vegetables and there's a can-can sale?
1: <laughs> yeah, when I run out of the the more um, often things that I use, um, I will look to see what kind of canned vegetables I have left over. So um, peas, carrots, I'll use black beans. You um,
0: could do sweet potatoes too.
1: Yeah, oh no. Yeah, sweet potatoes, pumpkin, Greek yogurt, applesauce, anything that is stuffable into a bone, go Greek for it. Greek yogurt's really good. You go, it's really good. It's good for, it's good for their digestive, um, good for their, their gut. But in terms of anything else other than peanut butter, we will a lot of times get carrots, zucchini, cucumbers, and I will cut them lengthwise, put them in a Ziploc bag and then put them in the freezer. Um, so that's a fun treat as well. So like, like literally a half of the whole cucumber, I'll just give to, cause he's big, he's 85 pounds. So I'll give him a whole cucumber and he's very happy with that being frozen. So things like that.
0: Any tips for taking a puppy on a road trip, 12 to 14 hours? I would go back and listen to, mm-hmm. we did a podcast episode about this. I got to find the name of the episode. Do you remember?
1: Cars, cars, planes, and automobiles? We, we actually might have done so, two. I think we did. So we've we've done a lot of um, episodes like this, but they pertain to different things. So we did one like when you're moving. Um how to handle? I think
0: vacationing with dogs. Yes,
1: vacationing with dogs, and then there's also one like planes, trains, and automobiles. Like you did, you did a, a line yes. like that.
0: Vacationing with dogs was the first episode we recorded on our new equipment, right? Mm-hmm. So that one's got going to have a better audio quality than the planes, trains, trains and, and automobiles. That's from one. the first
1: season, season one, episode twenty: planes, trains, automobiles, and holiday visitors. That was from November fifth of two thousand nineteen. So that was our first one that we did on traveling. So definitely go back and listen to that one. And then we also did season two, episode fourteen, sold moving with dogs. That has great tips on mm, stuff.
0: The vacationing one's better than that. Yeah, that was before them, wasn't it?
1: Uh, no, episode uh, season two, episode twenty, vacations and traveling with your dog. I think those That's, three
0: vacation and traveling with your dog is going to be, I think, the most the most information. For, what she uh, needs. for for taking a puppy or a dog in that case on a road trip because we literally address that. yeah And we address the things that you should bring, things maybe you're not considering. Um, so definitely listen to that one. And if you feel like maybe you need a little bit more information, head over to the other episodes. Two more left. If we're training our puppy to only use the bathroom outdoors, but then he is left at home for a couple hours and needs to go, should we leave a pee pad for him? Will this undo the potential progress we've made?
1: Do not.
0: Yeah, I wouldn't. Do not. Because once you start with pee pads, it's very, very hard to get off of them.
1: That's why we say crate training. Because if if the crate is small enough, then your dog, like John said earlier, won't feel like it's okay to go pee in this corner and then go into the other corner, corner and go to sleep. Mm-hmm. The crate needs to be comfortable enough, but not big enough where they can leave the, the where they did the bathroom and go comfortably somewhere else.
0: Right. If you... Are leaving them out of the crate, then they should be old enough to hold it for as long as you need them to.
1: And if they can't, then they shouldn't be left out of the crate.
0: When you have a puppy, especially you're starting at 10 weeks, you we need to start with the expectation of they don't have full control of their bladder muscles. They're not physically capable of holding it mm-hmm. yet. So there's going to be accidents. And that's why you want to keep them confined to the crate and stop the opportunity of accidents in the house. If they have an accident in the crate, it's not the end of the world. Mm-hmm. And... Chances are they don't want to have the accent. The no, crate, so they can't hold it. Which will actually, in a weird way, help towards, you know, housebreaking mm-hmm, them. Because absolutely. Because they're like, I don't like this. I'm not, I don't want to go in here.
1: And I, I'm so strict. If you listen to earlier episodes, I'm so strict when it comes to crate training. Because this is this is on you as an owner to make this easier for your dog. Your dog cannot control this. This is not on them. Yeah. Um, you need to help them understand that this is not where they go but also you need to help them because the crate is going to be the area where they learn to hold their bladder they need their bladder to learn to hold on to that that urine and and if they're out of the crate they don't have to so that's why I'm so anti pee pad because they're you're not giving them the opportunity to hold it and that's a problem long term.
0: Most of these pee pads have like a pheromone scent added to them to encourage urination and encourage them to go to the bathroom there. It makes them think that this is a common place. Like outside. Right. And that's why it gets so confusing because you want them to go outside, but you're still setting up these pads. So they're like, well, someone else has been here. I can go inside. I can go here. This is okay. (laughs) Yeah. While you're crate training, you can use pee pads, but just make sure that they're not the scented ones and just... Have it in half the crate. Just fold it in half and put it there just to save you the headache of having to pull the tray out and spraying it down every single time, especially as we're coming into the colder months and a hose isn't going to be as accessible in January. So definitely use a pee pad. Try to find one that isn't scented so it doesn't encourage them to go in the crate. It's just something that's going to soak it up. But if you're leaving them out of the crate, hopefully by this time they'll be able to hold it. And lastly... (laughs) (laughs) that's funny it is funny what do i wipe his butt with when he poops or do i not need to
1: (laughs) most dogs you don't need to um sometimes you get like a messy pooper or if you have like a grooming dog like i know like when pudge um when it's been a while since i've shaved her 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 butt hairs are long, and if she poops, and maybe it's not the best poop in the world, some some will get on there. So I would wipe that because you don't want that around your house. Well, but It
0: becomes a dingleberry.
1: A dingleberry. Nobody wants a dingleberry. So that happens a lot with grooming dogs because there's excess hair around the butt that shouldn't be there. So um, when it comes to that, yes, wipe their butts. But if you have a, a regular, like Oakley, he is a German Shepherd, Rhodesian Ridgeback dog mix that we think. Probably. Um, We don't have to do that at all with him. So I think it depends on your dog, but you don't have to.
0: (laughs) Just look for the clean break. Yes. It usually is.
1: Sometimes when they have diarrhea, though, it will stay on the outside and you might want to wipe that.
0: All right. Too much information.
1: Well, she asked.
0: All right. Those are all of Kimberly's puppy questions. If you have puppy questions, you can send them to us. Hit us up on Instagram. Slide in the DMs. You can go to BostonUniversity.com forward slash ask and you can ask us through there. And we're going to get to an ask the trainer question that's not puppy related shortly. Really quick, I wanted to thank the Jocko family who bought us some coffees on Buy Me a Coffee. Hi, my husband and I started listening during a drive to Maine with our two pups, two rescues, Molly and Charlie. Charlie is very new to us. We find ourselves taking so much of your advice and training our new guy. Thank you. And uh, they got us some coffee. So thank you to the Jocko family. And if you want to get us a coffee, you go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash possum, or you could just click the link in the show notes. And uh, it'll take you there, and we would really, really appreciate it. All right, let's get into today's fun fact. A study published to PLOS One, which is a uh, public journal, it's a free access journal, published on September tenth, 2020, used data from three New York shelters ran by the same organization over the course of 16 months and found when breed labels were removed from their file, the length of stay decreased by 11 days. They would also use a color-coded system to identify how dogs performed on their behavior assessment. So like green, yellow, Mm -hmm. red, and obviously a red dog did not perform well. A Mm -hmm. green dog, flying colors. Yeah. Before removing breed labels, red dogs were four times less likely to be adopted than green dogs. After removing labels, they were two times less likely. So it just goes to show a label is a label, even for a dog.
1: Wow. I kind of just got chills.
0: So maybe it's time to stop with the breeds. Stop with the breed labeling. If you want to reduce your length of stay, if you're in a shelter, you have some say. Drop the breed labels and maybe just go off a color code. Because imagine this. Imagine you go past a Chihuahua. Sorry, I know we're always picking on Chihuahuas, (laughs) but we have one. So So we're allowed. A Chihuahua with a red label. Mm -hmm. And then the next dig over is this 80-pound, I'm going to do it to you, Staffordshire Terrier (laughs) with cropped ears. And they're green. Yeah. I've seen this scenario so many times, but we're not putting out the fact that, hey, this is a green dog. Like this dog is. It's a good boy. Yeah. If we just drop the breed labels, I think that that would really go further. And then a lot of times landlords want to see a copy of the paperwork and then they see words like American Pit Bull Terrier mm-hmm. or pit mix. And there's prejudices. And they decide, I don't want to rent you or you're not allowed to have that dog here. Drop the breed labels. They're not helping anybody. And by by this time, a dog that looks like a pit bull, you do a DNA test. Guess what? There's like thirteen breeds in there.
1: Yeah. You know what I was just thinking of? <laughs> my my brain was just spiraling with the colors. Um, what if there was like a game, a game show where people would come up, families. They say what they're looking for, and then there's maybe like ten dogs, like all in in their glass rooms or whatever, doing their thing and the families are saying what they're looking for and they kind of talk about these dogs and stuff like that and they, they, the game is so that you have to pick which dog you think just by looking at them and their mannerisms in, in the glass digs which dog would fit with your family and then like you said with the colors like a like, matchmaker like a matchmaker and like the dogs that obviously fit their criteria are the ones that are going to pop up with you know the ding 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 and I think that'd be really funny like to see you what... get a brand new dog exactly <laughs> yeah, I think that would be very interesting to show people that what they think is what they want or, you know, like you said, breed discrimination or thinking, oh, what's well, a small, cute dog? It must be great. And meanwhile, it's a Maltese that wants to rip your face off. And I just think that, that if we did it that way, they would see people from an outside point of view because not every, every dog lover goes to a shelter. Some go to breeders and stuff like that and they don't even experience... Um, The whole situation of looking at dogs, going around the adoption floor and reading their criteria and what they do, their name, how old they are, their their past experience. That doesn't happen when you go to a breeder. Obviously, they're all puppies. So
0: it's luck of the draw you have no idea how the dog's going to turn out
1: exactly so when at least when you go to a shelter i even say like to morgan my my best friend morgan unfortunately she's highly allergic to to specific dogs and it's not all breeds it's it's more so like the dander from the specific dog and the saliva so um oakley she is okay with it's not horrible pudge is much better obviously she's half a grooming dog so it's it's a hypoallergenic dog so certain dogs are different for her she wants to adopt so badly but the idea of having to give a dog back because she's allergic, like tears her heart open. And I was saying you can foster if there's like a Yorkie that comes in, you can foster the dog for a little bit and see how like, let's say a month, you you foster the dog for a month and you see even if you had a reaction in the very beginning, at least you're giving yourself some time for your body to adapt and, and be okay after a short period of time. Right. So there are options when you adopt. And I think that that um, gets overlooked quite a bit, especially when it comes to hypoallergenic.
0: I don't even know how we got there.
1: It kind of spiraled. I talked about a game show. These things happen.
0: All right. So today's Ask the Trainer is from listener Ellen. Since the pandemic, my dog goes crazy in her very large crate if I have to go out for any length of time. If I don't put her in the crate, she jumps up on the counter and eats bread from the bread bowl. I don't blame her. She also jumps on everyone in the most happy way. So Sounds like Oakley. Yeah. Let's touch on... We could talk about the jumping forever. Yeah. Let's touch on we've I think that we've beaten the dog going crazy in the crate after the pandemic thing to death. So we'll just quickly touch on the fact that that's separation anxiety and you need to uh, I would go back and listen to the uh, life after quarantine Mm -hmm. separation anxiety episode that will really help you out and you can start making the changes to fix that. And then we could do the jumping on the counter
1: that's probably also separation anxiety. Oakley Oakley does the same thing. When, when we actually adopted him, uh, he was fine in the beginning. But two weeks hit, he fell in love with us, and he lost his mind one day and basically destroyed the house but ate anything, like manic, inappropriate relationship with food-type eating. Um, anything that was in his grasp, uh, he would eat. Um, anytime he broke out of the crate, because we had a few series of, of months where he is so strong that um, he would break the crate with his body weight or with his teeth um so when he would get out obviously the kitchen wasn't um dog proofed in terms of eating so he i think one time he ate an entire loaf of freshly baked Irish soda bread and along with it because right next to it because he was so upset ate my saint patty's day beads He literally ate my St. Patty's day beads because he was so manic with eating.
0: Yeah. But they came out the way they went in. They did. Absolutely. I,
1: I had no idea that he had eaten them until I checked his poop. And I was like, Whoa, thankfully it came out, but that was crazy. I had no idea he even eaten, ate them. Um, so we totally understand the manic eater the anxiety if this is the situation i think you need to nail down the crate and obviously listen to the past episodes of how to make the crate a happier place for her um maybe it's too big maybe you need to make it more homey um put a blanket over it that kind of stuff but if you do want to get to the point where you can leave her out you definitely need to uh you know what people say puppy proof so maybe hide all the food but maybe not give her the whole run of the house um, maybe, you know, right now Oakley's out of the crate because he's made huge strides and he's just in our bedroom. Obviously there's no food in there. So he does great in there. We give him a bone. He has his bed, the TV's on the music and he, he's been doing great. So you have to take baby steps with this. You can't just give the whole run of the house, especially with an anxious dog. The more surface area they have, the more crazy they become. It's too much.
0: Yeah. You gotta control the environment a little bit. Yes.
1: Help them out a little bit.
0: Music. Obviously, as far as jumping on guests, there's a lot of moving parts there that we won't be able to.
1: It's hard to answer. Yeah, over we can't podcast. properly
0: answer that on the podcast. But if you are interested, I, I don't know if you reached out to Alan. I can't remember about if, I might you, have. if you're interested and you want to set up a virtual training or just a like a 20 minute yeah. behavior consult. Um, Just let us know. Reach out. Yeah. I, I the think virtual, we can make some progress. The
1: virtual trainings have been great. I even tell like the clients that I've been I've been getting from them, um, even one or two trainings. Just so you can voice your woes to me and I can tell you exactly what you need to do. And if there's a little bit of extra training involved, at least I can give you some resources in terms of learning commands from home that you can handle within one or two trainings that, you know, you're giving your dog the best option. But usually just talking it out and knowing specifics, I can give you exactly what you need.
0: Yeah. All right. So I set up something special. Ooh. I set up a Twitter account for the podcast. Ooh. At awesome podcast on twitter it's gonna be maybe a really good way for you guys to talk with us after each episode any questions you have as you're listening you can tweet us i like that and we will tweet you back it just seems like a more streamlined way to communicate instead of emails and you know obviously we're not going to field any huge questions on here but you can ask us questions on here Mm -hmm. you can just
1: give us feedback
0: give us feedback send us a message um maybe make a joke. An inside joke and we everybody's like, like what's that about? Um, but yeah, <laughs> at Possum Podcast, you could tweet us if you listen to this episode. And if you are on Twitter and you want to tweet us, if you listen to last episode when I said that we were exploring the idea of doing a season one reloaded where we will do like commentary and elaborate on things on stories and training ideas as its own podcast. Uh, That would be exclusive to Patreon members for like $5 a month. Just something to help us recoup some of the money we've lost by buying all this equipment and (laughs) hosting this podcast. Um, You know, just an idea that we have. If you guys would be interested, we'd love to sit down and record those episodes for you. So let us know if we get enough people saying that they want us to do it. Then I think we're just going to pull the trigger on it and do it. But I don't want to do it for no reason because we have a lot on our plate right now. Yes. So let us know, tweet us at Paulson Podcast. And of course, we got no new reviews in the last week, which makes me sad.
1: Aw, I'm sorry, babe.
0: I was hoping maybe one. We're still sitting at 45 on Apple Podcasts. So if you are on Apple Podcasts and you haven't reviewed us yet, leave us a review, um, write a little comment, a little feedback, and uh, we'll read it out on the podcast at the end of the episode. We want to yep. highlight somebody. Shout outs. Yeah, we'll do shout outs. That's all we have for this episode. Like, subscribe, follow us on Twitter at Possum Podcast, on Instagram at Possum University, or on Facebook and uh, TikTok.
1: Yes, TikTok. I've, I've been putting out those, some fun stuff.
0: Keeping those TikToks coming out. So that's mm-hmm. good.
1: Until next week. Class dismissed.